doesn't he? Yeah. You know, he also has that amazing grace, too, doesn't he? Thank the Lord for that. I appreciate that song. What a blessing. God is so good to us all. We've got so much to be thankful for, don't we? And I'm telling you what, I'm glad. I tell you, when I, I look and see what our government does and I see what happens in our America today, even in around the world, it sure gets a little bit depressing. But I'll tell you what, God still amazes me. And God takes care of us. I'm so glad to be a Christian. Aren't you? Amen. I'm so glad to be a Christian. Well, Second Thessalonians, what we just read, if you go with me to first or Second Corinthians now, and uh, another portion of Scripture, and I've preached on both these Scriptures before several times, according to my notes in my Bible here, but this is a, a different message. That the title message is Spirit, Word, and Letter. But notice verse number 1 of chapter uh, of Second Corinthians, chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me, for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve, boy, he did, didn't he, through his subtility. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preached, preacheth another Jesus, whom ye have not preached, or if ye received another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. Evidently, there's, there was a problem even in the days of the apostles where there was some false things being taught. And the, and the apostle was very concerned about the Christians being led astray. And uh, he, was, he, was, he was even amazed that they were soon shaken. You know, I believe if we looked at everything that's happening in our world today, it would be easy for us to be shaken. Uh, and I see the way our, 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 our country operates so many times and, and uh, the things that are, that are taught in our schools and the way our government acts, I, I, uh, I have to say, you know what, I, I sometimes, I, I'm shaken by it. But I'm saying this, though, every time I look and I think, you know, the Lord's still on the throne, I'm not shaken. I'm glad he knows what's going on. He knows what is happening, and so we must not be shaken. But we know this, that the devil has not given up. I believe this, whenever God does something, the devil shows up. And I uh, think of the Garden of Eden, what a wonderful thing God did in creation. And by the way, I still believe in creation. I don't believe in evolution. I believe in creation, and God created everything. But what God did so miraculously and, and just uh, uh, so perfectly, and then what we find, Satan raises up his head and, and causes problems there. And uh, he tried to stop things from happening, and and, and he does that in our lives. You get saved, and boy, praise the Lord, you're saved. But the devil says, well, I can't take you to hell, but I'll try to get you to live like you're going there. I'll try to get you to live a life where no one else will want what you have. And so the devil creeps up in our lives and tries to cause all kinds of problems. And evidently, there was a problem here, and, and it's all kind of brought up. And as we read there in, in 2 Thessalonians, it's all brought up in three words, spirit and word and letter. 
was a problem, what was happening here. And, and again, I think we find it here in verse number 4 of, of 2 Corinthians, for if, he, for if he that cometh preaches another Jesus, whom ye have not preached, or receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, there wasn't any other ones. There was only the true ones. And yet Satan always comes with his, uh, his fake ones his counterfeit ones. And uh, I think that the Bible, 2 Corinthians, I read it to you there, kind of gave light to 2 Thessalonians there, where it said another spirit which you have not received. And I, I thought, you know, the spirit that he was talking about, that the people were talking about, was not the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of talk about the Holy Spirit today that I believe is not the Holy Spirit of the Bible. Uh, people have, they think, because they have some rock music and they get all excited that it's the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, you know, I mean, music can, uh, can get people doing just about anything. And I don't believe that's Holy Spirit. And, and you know, the songs that we sang here this, this morning, uh, they weren't uh, jazzy songs. They weren't songs or toe-tapping songs. But did you notice the message in those songs? I believe the Holy Spirit was in the process of those people who penned those words down. Now, I don't believe they're the word of God, but I believe God led those people to write those words. And, and uh, that music, and I believe that's, that's Holy Spirit music, really. But then he said another gospel, which you have not accepted. And uh, uh, there is not another. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, marvel not, and 7. I marvel, not, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him and called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. I mean, think about it. I mean, if there's another gospel, which one is right? But there's not another one. And he said, which is not another? In verse 7, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. There's a lot of churches today having service, but they're perverting the gospel of Christ. They're saying, come down. We're going to have Lord's Supper in a moment here. But they're going to say, hey, you stay for that. You be here for this Lord's Supper, and you will go to heaven. There is not one wafer, and you can eat the whole thing of all those little pieces of bread there will not save you. You can drink every cup that is in those plates there of that grape juice. It will not save you. There's not another gospel. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. He said, another spirit, another gospel, another Jesus whom we have not preached. I believe this. I believe, you know, today I mention all the time about the Bible. But, you know, the different Bibles talk about a different Jesus in this old King James Bible. And I, and I think, you know, the, the foundation of our beliefs is the word of God. When we sat down, we started the church 40 years ago. We sat down at the, in a table in the, in the kitchen of our, uh, the house that we were borrowing, <laughs> we were squatting in, but uh, we were, we were, uh, it wasn't ours. Some people let us live in this house and, and uh, just thank the Lord. I mean, God's always been good to have a place for us to be. And we, we, we lived in this house several years. And, and, uh, but I remember we were starting the church. We sat down. And here's, here's what we decided back 40 years ago, which we stick to today. What we do in our church is going to be following the word of God. You say, but there's a lot of books written. But I'll tell you what, the book of books is the Bible. The rest of them have man's problems in them, but this book here this morning is God's word that we can follow, and, 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 and so our foundation of what we believe is in the word of God. 
And uh, that's why, you know, today, with all the new translations that are there, uh, out there today, we, we know that uh, they come from corrupted texts. We won't get into a study about that. We've done that many times before. But there's corrupted texts, and uh, all the new versions come from that. And that's why I have a problem with it. And also what they take away, what they leave out. And, uh, and I use illustration, none of us would be happy if you went to the store and bought a dozen eggs, got home, and found you had eight. You'd be upset, wouldn't you? You say, that's not right. And I say, but no, it says on there, dozen eggs. That don't make it right when you leave them out. And let me say this. When you leave words out of the word of God, it's not the Holy Bible on the outside what it says. Amen. Just saying. But our final authority of both faith and practice must be the word of God. And uh, if not, if it's not the word of God, it is what man thinks. You know, I've thought things before that were not right. Haven't you? Yeah. I thought that was sitting there. My wife said, no, I was never sitting over there. It was always sitting over there. Well, I thought it was. Don't make it right. Woman's always right. <laughs> Remember Eve? Just saying. It's not always right, huh? My wife is, of course, because <laughs> you say, why do you say that? I have to go home with her. That's why. But not what I think is authority. What the word of God says. That is the authority. Sometimes we wonder where in the world do people get the ideas they do. I say that a lot. And I, I, I read the news or listen to the news and I think where in the world do people get this idea? This transgender stuff today drives me nuts. I mean just sickening what they're trying to ram down the throats of our people and our children today. And, and, and you know what I do oftentimes? I think, where do they come up with these crazy things? I know where they come up with them. In their minds. They don't come up with it in the word of God. The word of God is the authority. Why would people say, well, my, I, you know, uh, and now, you remember used to, we talk about the, 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 the homosexual crowd, we, say, we called it queers, and people went, oh, that's not nice. You need to be nice to them. Now they call themselves that. And I, and I, and I, and I think, where in the world did we ever get to a place in America where we are so concerned about those things when, and we think it's okay, and the word of God says it's an abomination. Because most people today are going by what they think. They've gone to something else other than the things that God said here, the, another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel, which they are not. The Bible says in Mark chapter number 7, verse 21, for from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, and it goes on. So why do people do those things that's out of their heart? Well, i got some good news for you. I know somebody can change our hearts. It's not a psychiatrist because a psychiatrist deals with the brain. I've got somebody that deals with a heart, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes in our hearts when we get saved and what happens, he changes us. And then when we do mess up, even as a Christian, we don't lose our salvation because we have him. But what you do, he burns our hearts about things. Our foundation is the word of God. And therefore, we must stick to it. 
I'm glad that God's word, this Bible we hold in our hands, this King James Bible today, is, is the word of God. It doesn't just contain the word of God. It is the word of God. I believe that God perver, uh, per, uh, per, uh, preserved his word. I'll get the word right. He preserved his word for us. Isn't that amazing? People say, well, I don't know how God could do that. Wait a minute. You mean God could speak and the world's come into existence and he couldn't make sure we had the word of God and preserve it for us? God's able. Well, I, I, maybe I need to remind us sometimes God is great. God's perfect. So what happens? God says, listen, I, I, I've given you something so you can know what is right. He gave us his son, Jesus Christ. And he gave us his word. He gave us his son and his word. Go with me to John chapter number one. I wasn't planning on going there, but I think it'd be good for us to look at it. We're not doing anything today, so we'll be here at about three. Don't worry, you know I like to eat. John chapter number one. Verse one, in the beginning was the word. And you say, well, I wonder who that is, what that is. I'll show you in a minute. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now, going down to verse 14, we'll figure out what this, who this Word is. And the Word was made flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, who in the world would that be? Jesus. Isn't that something? I mean, when I think about the word. I think about, about God gave us Jesus, and he gave us the word of God. I believe both are right. You can't have one and not the other. We have the Word of God, and we have the living Word of God. Now, you know, the, the thing is about this, when I look at the Bible and I think about Jesus, I look at him, I find that they're, they have the exact same attributes. Now, I understand there's a difference in the living Jesus, but there is also the living Word of God, the Bible. I remember one time uh, it was a pastor's school and a man got up to preach and he was really, he was King James man. And, and all preachers there, all King James fellows. And, uh, and, and he got up there and he says, oh, I'm so glad to be here. And man, all these preachers, hey man, yes, you know. And all of a sudden he goes, all right, I want you all to stand and grab your living Bible and turn to, and everyone went, <gasps> now, we don't hear much about the living Bible any, anymore, but that was, that's one of those other translations. And everybody looked at him and thought the man lost his mind. He said, I know what you're thinking. I'm telling you right now, this King James Bible is a living book. Amen. All, all the preachers out there went, Phew. We thought, man, we got a nut up there in the pulpit. I think he was going to be killed if he didn't straighten out and tell them what, what's happening there. But they, the Bible and Jesus have the same exact attributes. Uh, the liberals they want to pick what they, they pick what they want and and uh, they'll talk about Jesus but reject his word those men will stand up today and they'll say well we want to talk about Jesus and they'll open up another book that's like a slap in the face to Jesus his word is pure 
So I'm going to look at a few of the attributes about the Bible and Jesus and show you they're the same. It'll be really simple, just some points there this morning. Both, what I could say this, the both, both of them are eternal. I'm glad that the Lord Jesus is forever. You know, he went to the cross, he died on the cross, but wait a minute, he arose again from the dead. He's coming again. He's on a seat at the right hand of the Father, right as we speak. He always was and always will be. We read in John chapter number 1, in the beginning was the Word. That Word we found out in verse 14, I think it was, said that that was that made flesh, Jesus Christ. He always was. So when I think of creation, Jesus was there. It said there in John chapter number 1. He's eternal. That means there's no beginning. I know it's hard for us to fathom it in our minds, isn't it? No beginning, no ending. Because we have beginning, beginning and ending about all kinds of things. We can't comprehend it. But Jesus is eternal, always was and always will be. Well, that brings me comfort. There'll be never a time where there's no Jesus. Isn't it great? There'll never be a time when there is no Jesus. He's eternal. The Bible says in, in, in uh, 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 Psalm 90, verse 1, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Psalm 90, verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Whew. What a wonderful thing. And I think about the written word, too. It's eternal. It's eternal. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. He didn't say my word will not pass away. He said my words. Now again, every word is important. He said my words. That's when I talked about being preserved. God has preserved his word. We have the words here in this blessed book. He said they're eternal. He said, he said in First uh, 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 Peter chapter number one verse twenty five. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So the word of the Lord endures forever. I'm, th- I'm going to take God at His word. He said it is eternal. It's already. Think about this. What we hold in our hands today is the eternal word of God. I've got. Uh, most of you know, know it on my, my, in my office there, I have a, a page from the book of Micah. It's a title page out of, the, out of a 1611 King James Bible. It was a pulpit Bible. They had pulpit Bible there about this big. And uh, if you want to stop by the office, you're always welcome to see it. Just don't touch it. And, uh, but you can look at it there. There's that big, that big page. I look at that, 1611, over 400 years old. Guess what? This Bible, these pages right here are not that old, but let me tell you something. The written word of God is from eternity. You say, but men wrote them down a certain time, but God already had it and had those men write down those words. Amen. It was already settled in heaven. What a book we have today. And that's why, you know, people say, I don't know why you make a big deal about it. Wait a minute. I want to make a big deal about it, of course, because what is eternal as something man came up with just today. Taking from something corruptible and trying to compare it with something that is incorruptible. The Lord God is ever-present, too. He's not only eternal, and the word of, written word of God is eternal, but our Lord Jesus Christ is ever-present. The Bible says, we read in verse 1 of, of John, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. You know, think about that the Lord is ever-present. I'm glad that he's always there. Amen. 
Uh, listen to what it says here. It said in, in uh, Psalm 102, verse 27, But thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. You know something? This afternoon, you know what I'll do? I'm going to eat. And then I'm going to sit down in my chair, and I'm going to take my phone, and I'm going to go to Altoona Mere obituaries. You say, why do you do that? Every old person does that. You say, why do you have to look at the obituaries to make sure my name is not there? I mean, I used to make fun of people doing that. I thought, why would you even do it? And now I am old. And now I look down and I'll see if there's anybody I know in there. Because it used to be, I didn't know those people. Now it's like people, well, never mind. You understand what I'm talking about. And you younger ones don't, but you will. But I'll look at those obituaries. But you know what I'll find? There's a birthday and there's a death day. People they had to say goodbye to. You know, for the Christian though, really, we have an eternal life. We always weren't. We were born and then we got born again. And now we have eternal life. We'll never spiritually die. Isn't that great? Now this body will. Now I'm praying and praying and praying that this body does not die. You say, preacher, you can't live forever. But I think this, I think the trumpet's going to sound, we're going to rise. And if that happens, we're not going to die. Won't that be all right? Think of the money you'll save on a funeral. (laughs) Amen. I mean, think about the Lord is coming again. How wonderful it's going to be when we rise. Damn, that trumpet sounds, we rise. I love this song. This robe of flesh shall drop and rise to seize the everlasting prize. I'm glad the Lord is forever. And now because of him, I have life forever. But the written word of God is ever present too. First Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. It's amazing, you read in history, they tried to destroy the Bibles, didn't they? And they burned people to stakes. People would come and kings would say, all right, gather all the Bibles up and put them in a pile. We'll burn them up. And boy, they did a lot of them. And here we are. We all have a Bible with us this morning, don't we? I haven't noticed it lately, but if you go into the dollar and a quarter store, remember it used to be a dollar store. Now it's a dollar and a quarter for everything in there. But I remember when it was a dollar back in the old days. Everything was a dollar. could go in there. And always, always got, I got tickled at this. There were little black Bibles. I think they might have had some red ones too. I'm not sure. They had little black Bibles about that big for a dollar. Guess what kind they were? King James Bibles. <laughs> I'm thinking those people thought they were going to destroy the Word of God. And we've got so many that are even in the dollar store for a dollar. Doesn't that surprise you, huh? A dollar there that anybody can have it. I mean, there's churches all around that gather Bibles up and send them everywhere. King James Bibles. We all have, I've, in that, in that uh, back there, in that uh, can, stand back there, there's a bunch of Bibles underneath there. If you don't have a Bible, you let me know. I'll give you one. I promise you this, it'll be a King James Bible. And I'm thinking, you know, they tried to destroy it, and yet we still have it. You ought to love that book you have in your hands. Oh, thank the Lord. It's ever-present. The third thing is the Lord Jesus is faultless. I'm glad he is. 
2 Corinthians 5.21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I'm glad that he's faultless. 1 John 3.5 says this, And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. I mean, get this through your head. Jesus never sinned. Never. Never. What about when he was a little boy? Never sinned. What about when he was a teenager? And he was a teenager. Never sinned. That's hard for us to fathom because we know how we are. But he was God in the flesh. He was faultless. Well, then I look at the written word of God and I say, you know what? It's faultless too. Isn't it? It's all right. All of a sudden you had some folks came up and said, well, you know what? We believe that there was an explosion one day. And this happened billions and billions of years ago. Like they were there when it happened. And they come up with some idea and got a bunch of numbskulls that said, you know what, that sounds right. And they come up with all their ideas, but you know what? This book right here is a faultless book. And so I can say with a positive, positively knowing this, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. So preacher, don't you sometimes wonder I'll tell you what, when I look at Washington, I sometimes wonder if their relatives were monkeys. And that maybe some Chinese balloon just dropped some of them off in America. I was hoping it'd come over my house and see if I could hit it, amen? I mean, I know that gun won't shoot that far, but I'm just thinking, I'd just love to even try. Just say, I tried shooting it down. At least it was more than what the president was going to do until they finally got over it. Well, never mind, don't get me started. The word of God is faultless. <laughs> Psalm twelve six. the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Verse 140 of Psalm 119 says, Thy word is very pure. <laughs> Therefore thy servant loveth it. Whew. I'm thankful there's no fault in this Bible. That's why I can lay my head on my pillow at night and say, you know what? I know if I die, I go to heaven. Why? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Where'd you hear that? In the Bible. I know I'm going to heaven. You say, well, you can't know that. I know it because the Bible is faultless. Boy, how blessed we are to have this book. How blessed we are to have a Savior who's faultless. The Lord is also authority. I thank the authority that the Lord has. God spoke. The Lord was there in creation, spoke, and then the authority was there, and it happened. The Bible says in Mark chapter 1, verse 22, And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. You think about it. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he taught, they were saying, he taught like he had authority. You know why? He had authority. He was God. He was God. I mean, they wonder, how, how is it that even the, the winds would obey his voice? Why, he's God. He could speak and it'd stop. The authority of our Lord. But the written word is authority too. Psalm or Proverbs 13, 13. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the condemnation shall be rewarded. <laughs> I'm glad that the word of God is authority too. 
My Bible tells me, you see, we preach, you can't tell people they can know they're saved. I have the authority to do so. From the Word of God, it gives that authority. If I give the Word of God, I'm given that authority. The Lord is also essential. Got to have Him. You can't go to heaven without Jesus. Well, you know, I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to work my way there. You'll work your fingers to the bone and you'll still die and go to hell. You say, well, preacher, you know what? I just joined the church and I'll, be a, I'll, be a, I'll get baptized. You can get baptized. You'll just go to hell wet. You need Jesus. It's essential for salvation. And the word of God is essential too. I don't think I gave you a verse on that for the Lord being essential. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Well, I think I'll go to heaven. L listen to him when you're sowing. I think I'll go to heaven because I've been a good person. I think I'll go to heaven because I've been a good husband or a good wife. I think I'll go to heaven because I've been a good parent. I think I'll go to heaven because I treat everybody like I want to be treated. <laughs> Great. And I say to people, I said, go ahead, live that. That's great to live that way, but that won't take you to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the only way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's essential. And so is the word of God essential, the written word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. It's essential. That's why, that's why I take a Bible soul winning. That's why I take a Bible to preach and to teach. It's essential. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. I need the Bible. It's essential. You know, we all say, well, we need food. We need spiritual food too. There's something thing about going to church is getting spiritual food. Yeah, spiritual food. And, and, and you know, we, we, we need it. I mean, we eat a lot more than what we need sometimes. But we need food. We need the spiritual food. Thank God he's made ways for us to do that. And, and, and I think about ways that we can help feed people the word of God. You know, I'm all for, my preacher used to say this, you know, people that, that feed the poor and they send, you know, they, they, they go on a trip and they feed people, and that's fine. You know what he used to say? He said, let the Methodists do that. He said, us Baptist folks need to tell people about Jesus, how to be saved. Not to get sprinkled on the head and make it to heaven, but tell them that Jesus died for them. Yeah, I'm all for feeding people. Don't get me wrong. Say, would you turn anybody away? No, I'll feed people. But I, I believe this. You know, our greatest need is for people to know Christ. America is falling apart today, not because of needing food, but because we need Jesus. They're banging their, hit, set, hit, uh, their heads against the wall trying to say, well, we've got to figure out how we can cure this violence. How can we do that? Well, let's just get rid of the guns, and then let's get rid of the knives, and let's just do this, and, you know, let's just all hold hands and sing kumbaya. You need Jesus. Jesus is the answer. The word of God and the Lord is essential. There's nothing that's going on in our world today that couldn't be fixed if people would apply and realize they need the Lord and they need the Word of God. And the Lord, and the Lord God gives life. For the wages of sin, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm glad he gives us eternal life. And I'm glad it's a gift. Hmm? You ever, 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 ever been somewhere and you saw something but you didn't have no money to buy it? I know what you're thinking right now. Credit cards. You know, I mean, I mean as a kid, I used to say, can we get that? And my dad said, don't have how much money you got. I don't know why parents ask their kids that. Because they know they don't have anything. Well, how much money you got? I don't have anything. I guess you can't buy it. And my belief was this. We'll go to the bank and get some. The bank's full of money, isn't it? I mean, go to the bank. Or how about this one? Just write a check. Mom does. I think they're made out of rubber. Because they bounce, amen? And, 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 and you know, I mean, you think about it. We, 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 we sometimes, we, we, we think we need something. Here, here's, what, here's the thing, that God said, I'm giving you eternal life. It's a gift. And so when I think, I'm going to try to be as good as I can, I realize, I look in the book of Isaiah, and I find that my righteousness is like filthy rags. And that's not going to buy anything. It'd be like going to sportsman warehouse, and I say, I'd like to buy that gun. He goes, what do you got? And I go, Oh, let's see, I've got uh, three pairs of socks and two pairs of shoes and a handkerchief. Won't work. You know what, the Lord, he's essential and he gives life. And thank the Lord that that life is free. But it cost him something, didn't it? You give gifts to people at Christmas time or for birthdays. You give gifts, what happens? A gift is something you pay for. The Lord gives us life in the word, written word of God gives us life. John 5, 39, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. The written word of God, God's life, the, the Lord gives life. The written word gives life. And then the Lord is also illuminating. And neat, we can turn lights on. It really wouldn't matter if the lights went out this morning because it's light outside. But if you come back tonight, what's going to happen when I walk in? I'll flip those switches and all of a sudden, there's light. It illuminates. You know what the Bible does? What the Lord does? He illuminates our life. I once was blind, but now I see. He illuminates. I'm able to see, like walking in a dark room and flipping that light on. And now all of a sudden, I could see everything. I thank the Lord for the illuminating. John 8, 12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. It's hard to walk in the dark, isn't it? You ever do that? You know, you get up in the middle of the night and you run in, walk into the bathroom, and you're like, Then you go to a motel sometime or hotel. And you get up in the middle of the night, you know, you're used to it, but you know the bathroom's that way, but you get up in the front motel and you can't remember where you're at and the bathroom's that way, you're going to walk in a wall going that way. Huh. You know, it, it, it's good to turn the light on, but I hate to turn the light on because I don't want to wake my wife up. She's grumpy. So what happens, I, I walk sometimes and I, one day I, was, I, I went in and I come back out and I'm going over and the bed's over here. I knew the bed was there. I could faintly see it. I didn't realize how close I was. And our bed has a leg on it with a roller, big old roller on it. And I've got big feet. He called me Paddlefoot. And I go walking there, and all of a sudden, 
I jammed my foot right into that. It hurt. Worried about waking her up? I'll tell you what, screaming does it too. I'm like, oh, how painful does it walk around in the dark? Hey, turn the light on. I know some of you men in here, you're as tight as can be. You go, don't turn the light on, it costs money. But so will head going to the hospital when you break your leg. He's illuminating. When I got saved, it was like the light came on. And I looked at the word of God, and I'm saying, where did we come from? Was there a big explosion one day? And then I look, and I say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Click. Light went on. The Lord's illuminating, and so is the word of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, in whom the God of this world, who hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Boy, I'm glad that the light is there. I think, you know what? We talk about the characteristics of the living God, Jesus Christ, and the living Word, the Word of God. They have the same thing going for them about this. They get rejected. How many people are in hell today because they rejected Jesus? Isaiah 53, 3 says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. He was rejected. The one that loved him so much, they rejected him. What did the Jews say? He came unto his own, and his own received him not. And what did they say? Crucify him. Crucify him. Kill him. They rejected him. The word of God's rejected too. Hebrews 3.15 says, While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. How does God speak to us today? Through his word. What happens, man rejects it. That's why we have the craziness going on in our world today. But the Lord also is the living word. Matthew 1.23 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is... God with us. And as I said earlier, the written word is a living word too. First Peter 1.23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. My Savior, Jesus Christ, ever liveth. And my book, God's word, the book I love is a living word too. I tell you what, you follow this book here, you'll find life. You'll find out how to live life. It's all right there. And so all these characteristics we find about Jesus in the word of God, that they're all the same. And then what Paul say, he said, if anybody comes and preaches another Jesus, he said, don't listen to him. Because there is not another Jesus. There's only one. He said another spirit. There's only one Holy Spirit. Not the, not the stuff that gets you revved up by some music. Or receive another gospel. No. That's not what it's about. There's only one correct word. There's only one correct spirit. The Holy Spirit. 
And there's only one correct Jesus. It's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I had a Muslim one day say this to me. He said, well, I know we don't agree, but we all, we just call our, we just call this, we have the same God, we just call him by different names. No way. Allah is not God the Father from this Bible. Amen. But you see, what they want to do is just pervert the word of God. But I know this, the fight is on, and the try the devil tries to do everything to destroy the word of God, and to say there's another Jesus, another spirit. No, we have the word of God that tells us the truth. It has the authority. But you know when I see all this going on like it is, it just reminds me of this fact. The devil knows he has a short time. Let's get ready for the coming again. The Lord is coming soon, amen? I mean, that's not going to hurt my feelings at all. He's coming soon. But if you're not saved, you'll be left behind. So I don't know if I believe it. You better listen to what the Word of God says. There's authority right there. Well, I think, don't matter what you think, it matters what God's Word says. Know for sure that you're saved. Realize how important this Bible is to us. And how important our Savior is to us. There's no other way for heaven but Jesus. And the way we find out about it is through his blessed word. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time this morning. Lord, I pray you speak to our hearts even this time. And Lord, that uh, we understand how wonderful it is to know you. And to have the word of God in our hands today. May we read it. May we study it. May we apply it in our lives. Thank you so much for it. And Lord, I pray, though, if there's somebody here not saved, that today be the day of their salvation. If they get saved this very moment, they would call upon you and be saved. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed here this morning, I'm going to ask you again, as I always do, if you died today, do you know 100% sure you go to heaven? You say, preacher, I think so. I didn't ask you, do you think you would? Because what you'll do, you'll say, well, I think, and that doesn't matter what you think. It matters what does God's word say. I ask you again, if you were to die, do you know for sure you go to heaven? You say, how can I know? The word of God tells us these things have been written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you might know that you have eternal life. Have you accepted him as your Savior? I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning who said, preacher, if I died, I'm afraid I might go to hell, and I don't want to. Pray for me. I need to be saved this morning. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Give that invitation again. Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved. All right, you that trusted Christ your Savior, thank the Lord for it today. But understand that Christian life is more than just being saved, although that's the greatest and the most important thing. What's so important for you this morning is this too, not only to be saved, but then to follow what? The Word. Follow the, 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 what God has given us, the Word, Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and the letter, the Holy Word of God. Follow those things. It'll always lead you in the right direction. You know, maybe God spoke to your heart today. You see, you see, I'm, I'm sure most all of you probably say, Preacher, I agree with everything you said about that. Yes, amen. Let's apply it in our lives. May the Word of God be special to us like never before. In a moment, we're going to have an invitation. If God spoke to your heart about something, you ought to be open. You do what God says. Need to pray about something? It's always open.
But if you're not sure you're saved, come and let me know. Maybe you've never been baptized since you've been saved. You come and let me know. We'll, we'll get the waters in the, in the, in the uh, baptistry and we can baptize you. Father, bless this invitation time. Now, I pray that your will be done in this time. We will make the right decisions today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.